Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries. Welcome to you, and thank you for joining me today. Today we are in the final episode of our Isaiah's Messiah Names of Jesus series that we've been going through. And the names that we've been primarily studying have come from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. Although in the last episode we looked at the name Emmanuel from Isaiah 7, 14. Today as we close out, I want to consider one more that is given by Isaiah to us. So let's look at a brief review of the ones we've looked at thus far, and then we will go into today's. In Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, we are told about the child that is to be born and the son that would be given, meaning that he is not just any male child, but he is the very son of the living God come in the flesh. It speaks of his humanity, the fact that he will be born and grow up as a normal child would. But he is the son of God. He is 100% God, 100% man at the same time. God come in the flesh, in the person of the Son of the living God. Then we looked at how he is also called the wonder of a counselor, looking at his brilliance and wisdom showing through, even in amazing situations in his life and how, how that played out. We saw how he would not violate his heart and his mission, even when others tried to trap him. We saw how he is the mighty God, the one who does miracles, the one who can overrule all and does even the greatest of miracles by transforming a sinner into a born again Christian, a new creation, because he is the mighty one to save. We looked at how he's the father of eternity, the only one who is the source of eternal life and will give it to all who come to him in sincere repentance and faith. We looked at how he is Sar Shalom, or the Prince of Peace, the only one who can navigate us as our captain through life, being our umpire and bringing us always to a place of safety in any situation. We saw him as the Mizra, the one with the authority and dominion to rule with the government that's been given to him an eternal kingdom that is to come. We saw how he is the son of David, the king, the Messiah that is prophesied to be the king, the one who is the prophesied son of David and heir to David's throne, who will ascend and rule in his kingdom. And in the last episode, we talked about how he is Emmanuel, God with us through every season and situation in our life. In this final episode, we will consider one additional name that Isaiah prophesies that he will be known as. And so the title of this message is Netzer. I want us to look in Isaiah at Isaiah chapter 11, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 10. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, 
the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor, and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins, and faithfulness the belt of his waist. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse who shall stand as a banner to the people. For the Gentiles shall seek him, and his resting place shall be glorious. In this prophecy, Isaiah is prophesying about the coming Messiah, and he calls him the Netzer, or the Branch. It's the rod out of the stem of Jesse, the branch, that will grow out of his roots. The rod speaks of him being like a twig in the sense that it's small, it's humble, it's gentle, it's lowly, that will come from the trunk of Jesse, from the line and stock of David. He is the branch that will grow out of Jesse's roots. This branch is the netzer, and it means the shoot or the sprout, speaks of how he will grow. He will become fruitful and branch out. He will spread. He comes from Jesse's roots. Jesse's fame is that he is the father of David. In Ruth 4, 17 and 21, verses 21 and 22, it speaks of that that Jesse is the father of David the king. This branch, this netzer, in Isaiah 11, it speaks more about him, tells us great things about him, tells us a lot about him in his first coming and in his second coming. Speaks of how the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. Let's see this about the Spirit of the Lord resting on him. Notice in the book of John, the Gospel of John, Chapter 1, I want to read verses 32 through 34. And John, meaning John the Baptist, bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. This is John the Baptist's testimony about the Lord Jesus when he came out of the water, when he came up from his baptism, about the Spirit of the Lord being remaining upon him, just like Isaiah 11 prophesied about this netzer, this branch that the Spirit of the Lord would rest upon him. 
his delight would be in the fear of the Lord. He will come and he will be the judge. He will judge rightly in all situations. He will come as a conquering king. He will be the conquering king of Revelation 19, verses 11 through 16, striking the earth with the sword of his mouth, with the rod of his mouth, and conquering in victory. He will be faithful and righteous. Righteousness and faithfulness will abound in him and with him. Beginning in verse 6 of Isaiah 11, it speaks of Jesus' coming kingdom and what it will be like. This branch, this root of Jesse, will stand as a banner, even drawing Gentiles to come and seek him in his kingdom. This branch of Isaiah chapter 11, the nets are. I want you to notice a few more things about him as we study this out today. His hometown, according to scripture, was called Nazareth. The root of Nazareth is Netzer. It's, it's referring to the town named after the Netzer or the Netzeret. Christians in times past by some have also been known as the Netzerim or the people of the Nazarene. Jesus had to come from Nazareth to fulfill some things. And let's look at how he fulfills all the prophetic word, not just in his hometown, but also in his birthplace. Let's see how these connect because they would seem to be a contradiction, but they are not. Isaiah 11, 1 says he is the branch, the netzer, the branch that will come from David's root and Jesse's stem. But how can he be the branch or the netzer coming from Netzeret or Nazareth, but also fulfilling other scriptures? Didn't the scriptures prophesy he would be from David's root and come from Bethlehem? Let's explore this as we understand how beautiful God is and how he weaves his word together and fulfills every single point with no violation and no contradiction. I want us first to go to the book of Micah, the prophet. Micah was one of the 12 minor prophets, minor because his was a smaller book than the major prophets. In Micah chapter 5, Verse 2, it says this, But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. So in, in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it specifies that this coming one, this promised one to come, this Messiah, that would be ruler in Israel, we've already looked at that in this series alone, as well as in plenty of other series I've done, that this one would be the ruler, to be ruler in Israel. He will be eternal from of old, from everlasting. Now, Micah specifies here that he is to come from, he's to come forth out of Bethlehem Ephrathah. This is David's hometown and the place where he 
where he would shepherd his father's sheep in the area there. There were two different towns named Bethlehem. One was in the northern part in the Dan, and the other was in Judah. The one in Judah is Bethlehem, Ephrathah. It's interesting also, when you look at Psalm 132, David is not the author of this, but it is in remembrance of David, of the covenant with David, of the promises of the Messiah through David, etc. And in the first part of this chapter, Psalm 132, the author is recounting David's great love and honor for the Lord and his desire to build him a house. He quotes how David would record these types of words and from his heart, this desire in his heart. Verse 4, I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids. Verse 5, until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. Then the author comes to their time and he says, Behold, we've heard of it in Ephrathah. We found it in the fields of the woods. Now, why do I bring that out? He is recounting that here. That is his current situation, his current writing of this event, of this memory. But I believe it's also prophetic of the shepherds of Bethlehem at Jesus' birth, because the Lord came in that place, and they heard of it in the fields of Ephrathah, of Bethlehem Ephrathah, and they went and found him in the woods in the tower of the flock in the field. Exactly where Jesus was born is yet unknown, and no one can be dogmatic about that. But I believe that Micah tells us exactly where he would be born from, and we've not really understood that up to this point, maybe even for generations, although some realize it now and have picked up on this as well. I've heard some of them speak about it. I do believe that the scriptures tell us a lot more than we have realized up to this point. And all of us are still searching. All of us are still digging. All of us are still understanding what God has to say. But I do believe in Micah chapter 4, 8, he tells us where the Messiah would be born. In Micah chapter 4, 8, it says this, And you, O tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, to you shall it come. Even the former dominion shall come, the kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. So this tower of the flock is the Old Testament's Migdal Edar, and it was the same place in that area where Rachel had died and Jacob had bought the field and buried her. It was near this Migdal Idar. And you can read about that in Genesis chapter 35. This is telling us that the announcement, the birth of Jesus would come, this former dominion, when he comes the first time, it will be to this tower of the flock, this Migdal Idar. Now I go into a lot more about that in a series I've done, a Christmas message I've done 
in the series called Countdown to the Manger. You can look that up if you like, and I go into all the details about why that seems to fit and why I believe that to be true, and I believe Micah does tell us. It was near the fields of Bethlehem. Yes, he did have to come from Bethlehem. He had to fulfill Micah's prophecy. So how can Nazareth work in this situation? How can he be from Bethlehem, but also be the branch, the Netzar, and come from the town of Nazareth, or Nazareth? I want you to notice something, because this is a legitimate question. It was even posed by some of the people and the scholars of the day of Jesus time when he was alive. The Pharisees, the scribes, some of the people, the rabbis, etc. I want us to look at these things for a few minutes because it's important to understand how God fulfills all of his word, every bit of it. Let's look at Matthew chapter 21 first, and I want to begin the reading in verse 6 and read a few verses. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. They were crying out a messianic cry that was to be lauded and posed and decreed in reference to the coming of Messiah, the promised one. Continuing on, verse 10. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Now, this is what some of the people were saying, the people who believed him and who were following him in that day. Next, let's go to John chapter 7. In John chapter 7, I want to begin reading from verse 37 and read several verses here. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Therefore many from the crowd, when they heard this saying, said, Truly this is the prophet meaning the prophet that Moses had prophesied would come in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15, etc. Others said, this is the Christ or the Messiah that was prophesied by Isaiah and many others. But some said, will the Christ come out of Galilee? Now, Nazareth was a town in Galilee. In that region. So some said, Will the Christ come out of Galilee? Has not the scripture said, 
that the Christ comes from the seed of David and from the town of Bethlehem, where David was. So there was a division among the people because of him. Now some of them wanted to take him, but no one laid hands on him. Then the officers came to the chief priests and Pharisees, who said to them, Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, No man ever spoke like this man. Then the Pharisees answered them, Are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd does not know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, he who came to Jesus by night, being one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man before it hears him and knows what he is doing? They answered and said to him, Are you also from Galilee? Search and look, for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee. All right, so a challenge was given here by these Pharisees to Nicodemus and to the people that were standing there. And in this challenge, he claims no prophet spoke of coming from Galilee. But let's look also in Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1 through 2. Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed, as when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, in Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Jesus came as the light of the world, fulfilling this prophetic word from Isaiah also, which spoke about the land of Galilee, seeing the great light, the light of the Messiah himself, the light of the world. Now, how do we know that's true? Well, let's look at Matthew chapter 4, and let's read verses 12 through 17. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, meaning John the Baptist, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, and then he quotes the scriptures from Isaiah that we just read, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we see prophecies given that speak of him coming from Bethlehem Ephrathah as the seed of David, as the son of David from the town of David's birth. But we also see the prophetic word speaking of him as coming and being a light to the Gentiles in the land of Galilee coming from and out of Nazareth and ministering there. 
We see also in Matthew where he was to be called a Nazarene. Matthew speaks of that fulfilling the word from Isaiah 11, verse 1, where he would be the Netzar, the branch coming from Netzaret or Nazareth. How can these be reconciled? Is it one or is it the other? Yes and yes, it's both. Only God in his unsearchable wisdom could do this. Joseph and Mary both had their hometown in Nazareth. But at the same time, Jesus had to fulfill being from Nazareth, but he also had to be born in Bethlehem Ephrathah, as Micah prophesied, and as is in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 as well. Because Isaiah 11, 1 couples both of these. He speaks of this branch being the root of Jesse, the root of David from, which would mean he's coming from Bethlehem, and that was recognized by the people in Jesus' day, and him being the branch from Nazareth, the town named with the root being Netzer, the hometown of Jesus and his family. God in his wisdom brings both of these to pass beautifully and without any violation or contradiction. Nazareth was his hometown. It was the hometown of Joseph and Mary. Mary received the word from the angel, the Holy Spirit conceived in her, the son of the living God. Joseph took her as his wife without any physical union to her until after Jesus was born. God brings them down to Bethlehem where Jesus is born there. They didn't know that. Only God could do that. But God uses that legal and governmental edict that required them to go to their birthplace. They were both from Bethlehem, Ephrathah, because they were from David's line. They had to go back to the city of David. And during that time, as God would have it, Jesus is born there in Bethlehem, Ephrathah. This was attested to as true by the shepherds, just like Micah and the psalmist of Psalm 132 pointed out to us. I want us to now go to the beloved scripture passage that we know so well, many of us, and I want to read it again with this understanding. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. 
Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, Messiah, in other words. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. So they came and they saw that the Messiah had come. God had sent Messiah the Savior to the city of David, the Savior born in the exact place that Micah prophesied that he must be born in, fulfilling both Micah chapter 5, verse 2, and Micah 4, 8, as well as Isaiah 11, 1, and Isaiah chapter 9. Only God could fulfill his word so powerfully and so beautifully as this. I want us to consider one other thing as we begin to draw to a close here. The branch that was prophesied to come in Isaiah 11.1 1, also is the same branch that is spoken of in other places. And I want us to see this. Now, if you're a student of the word as I am, you will note that in, in these other places, it is not necessarily the Netzer. It is the Hebrew word Samach. Samach. It's a different Hebrew word. But there's no real difference in the meaning or usage. The only difference that I found in my study is that one is more figurative while the other one is both figuratively used and literally used. But it is the exact same basic meaning and term, and they are speaking of the exact same person, the prophesied Messiah that even the Jews recognized, depending on whichever word was used, it didn't matter. The Jews recognized that both words spoke of the same, the prophesied Messiah. 
I want us to look at a few more scriptures as we draw to a close, because I want you to see these last few points about the branch. In Isaiah chapter 4, verse 2, it says this, In that day, the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and appealing for those of Israel who have escaped. This is speaking of the Messiah's second coming when he will establish his kingdom, just like we looked at a few episodes ago with him being the son of David to rule on David's throne. That's what this is talking about. And he is the branch of Isaiah chapter 4, verse 2. Also, let's look at Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 5, says this, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness, a king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteousness. And in Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 15, he repeats this again. In those days and at that time, I will cause to grow up to David a branch of righteousness. He shall execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell safely. And this is the name by which she will be called the Lord, our righteousness. So here again, he is speaking prophetically of this branch in his second coming when he will be the branch risen up to David that has grown up as prophesied and he will sit and rule on David's throne. Lastly, I want us to look at two places in Zechariah. The first one is Zechariah chapter 3 verse 8. Hear, O Joshua, the high priest, you and your companions who sit before you, for they are a wondrous son. For behold, I am bringing forth my servant, the branch. For behold, the stone that I've laid before Joshua upon the stone are seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave its inscriptions, says the Lord of hosts. And I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. This is speaking of the same branch of him coming, God has brought him forth. And it also speaks of his second coming as well. And this one does also. In Zechariah chapter 6, verse 12 and 13, it says this, Then speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold the man whose name is the branch. From his place he shall branch out, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Yes, he shall build the temple of the Lord. He shall bear the glory and shall sit and rule on his throne. So he shall be a priest on his throne and the council of peace shall be between them both. This same branch is spoken of here in his second coming when he establishes his kingdom and the millennial temple is built and he will sit and rule and reign as priest king after the order of Melchizedek forever on his throne. 
Jesus is the branch, the very seed of David himself, and he is glorious and will reign in his glorious kingdom forever. Thank God for Isaiah's prophetic words that we have studied in these last lessons to give us more understanding of exactly who Yeshua the Messiah is and how God both speaks with his mouth and fulfills his word with his hand, exactly to a T, just like Solomon said. Praise God for Yeshua, Isaiah's Messiah, that is prophesied and has come in the flesh the first time and is coming again soon to establish his kingdom. I want to leave you with this final question. Are you ready to meet him? Is he your Lord and your Savior? If not, beloved friend, please come to him today. He is the Father of eternity. He is the only one who can save you. He is the only source of eternal life for you. He loves you and he wants you to be his. Please come to him today if you don't already know him. And if you do know him, get excited about his coming soon because he is coming soon and will establish his glorious and eternal kingdom forever. I pray that these messages have been a blessing to you and Lord willing, you can join us again for other messages and series brought to you through Covenant Truth Ministries. God bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen.